1: Welcome to the I Can't Sleep Podcast with Benjamin Boster. If you're tired of sleepless nights, you'll love the I Can't Sleep Podcast. I help quiet your mind by reading random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. Each episode provides enough interesting content to hold your attention and then your mind lets you drift off. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's I Can't Sleep with Benjamin Boster. There were two more murders 15 miles we'll away we found found and electricity lines. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird <coughs> murder
0: two children growing up in the same bad neighborhood grew up to have very different lives. One would move on to become a professional football player and the other born December 1st 1965 a low-level member of the Rolling 60 gang. Despite their very different paths, their lives would become forever intertwined with the massacre of Kermit Alexander's family. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Kermit Alexander was considered a success story. He grew up in the projects and, as a kid, was just starting out a life of petty crime, but changed his life around when a police officer called him out and told him to amount to something. So he invested his time and energy into football, was All-American at UCLA, and was the first round draft pick for the 49ers in 1963. He played professional football for many years working as a Los Angeles probation officer in the off-season, and was excited about his new opportunity as a sports commentator post-retirement. On August 31st, 1984, he planned to wake up early, take his mother to breakfast, and tell her the good news. However, he slept late and was, instead, woken up at 8.30 by a phone call from his brother Neil, panting into the phone. He told his brother that armed men entered their home, and while he was able to escape, their mother Ebora, sister Dietra, and young nephews Damani and Damon were all dead. According to Neil and a surviving nephew, two armed men burst into the home and opened fire before being scared off and fleeing in a brown or maroon van. In a matter of moments, Kermit Alexander's life had turned upside down and was forever changed. No one could figure out why this well-liked, church-going family was the target for such a massacre. The family began turning on each other, some even accusing Kermit of criminal activity and the slaying of his family as payback. The brothers, feeling an intense sense of survivor's guilt, began searching for the men responsible. Luckily, before the brothers could enact any vigilante justice, the men responsible were captured. Responsible for the murder was Horace Burns, Darius Williams, and 18-year-old Tyquan Cox, all members of the Rolling 60 gang. A hit was taken out on a woman whom had been paralyzed during a nightclub shooting and was suing the club. These men instead borrowed a car and drove to the wrong address. Instead of casing the home to make sure they had the right person, they entered and opened fire on the Alexander family, who became the victims of the deadly mistake and these men showed no remorse for what happened. The thing was, Kermit Alexander knew one of the gunmen. During jury selection, he recognized Taekwon Cox as a kid he watched play football in the 1970s. He remembered thinking that he had a real shot of making a name for himself, but unlike his story, Taekwon chose a very different path. He was an angry kid who needed guidance and an outlet. He had an absent father, a violent mother who was in and out of jail, but showed talent and promise. And while some tried to help him out, he rejected it and grew up within the gang. To this day, Kermit Alexander regrets not helping the young boy when he had a chance. Both Taquan and his accomplice, Darren Williams, were tried and sentenced to death in 1986. But prison didn't stop Taekwon Cox from continuing his criminal activity. Just two years later, while on death row, Taquan stabbed fellow inmate Stanley Tukey Williams in what appeared to be another hit put out by the gang. In 2000, he and two other inmates, whom were regarded as some of San Quentin's most dangerous prisoners, made an attempted escape through an unraveled section of chain-link fence. Thankfully, they were unsuccessful. While in prison, California halted the use of lethal injection, therefore effectively stopping Taekwon's death sentence. Kermit Alexander, devastated by the development, has sued the state to propose a protocol that may reinstate the use of lethal injection. He continues to fight for the execution of his family's murderer. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short,